it. All right, here we go. So BISC is my favorite uh, non-custodial Bitcoin exchange. And uh, it's got a bunch of features, including my favorites are no middlemen, good privacy, and non-custodial. Uh, so you can read on there what they mean, but I'm going to go over them briefly. Uh, the nice thing about BISC is that there's no middlemen. Like when you're interacting with your peer, like if let's say me and Austin want to have a trade together, we're not going through like Binance or Coinbase or something to do this. We're both running the, the entire software stack that lets us trade with one another, which is really cool. It also has good privacy. The only person that you talk to is your counterparty. Like, you don't talk to anyone else. And so you don't have to give up your in personal information. You, there's no KYC. You don't have to upload a picture of your driver's license and all that stuff. Uh, and it's great. It's also non-custodial. You, it, you can use it without giving custody of your coins to BISC. Or like you would if you were using Coinbase or Binance or any of the other exchanges. A couple of other features. It's got fast onboarding. I love this. We're going to get started with BISC today. And I'm going to show you how to place a trade. And you don't really like, there's no other exchange where you can do that all in like the space of 15 minutes. Because uh, every other one, it's like you've got to wait for verification to come back and to approve your you know, ID and stuff like that. Um, there, it also can't be censored because there's no one in charge of the thing. And the software is free and open source. So everyone can uh, run a copy of the code, everyone can improve the code, submit your pull requests, and uh, just make it better. So those are some of the features. Uh, and let's get into it. How uh, I want to show you how if we how BISC works because it's kind of a complicated trade protocol. I'm going to pretend that we're going to build an exchange from the ground up, and we're going to start uh, very simply with one that doesn't work, and then we're going to get to a point where we have BISC uh, together, and that's what we're going to do. So if you and I wanted to create an exchange. A very simple way to do it would be to have some software running on my computer and some software running on your computer where we talk to each other and my computer's like, I want to buy $500 in Bitcoin. Who wants to sell it to me? And then your computer could find that message and be like, I'll do it. Uh, and then it would give me information on how I can send you the money. Uh, in the case I'm using here, I'm going to use the example of a money order because when I used BISC, that's the way I always did it. Is everyone in here familiar with, them, with money orders? You guys know how they work? Um, a money order is a type of check, uh, and they're often used in situations where you don't trust that someone's regular bank account is going um, is to is have the money for, for you to clear the check. So instead of writing a check based on your own bank account, you go to some company like Walmart or the post office does these, um, and you, you tell them, I would like to buy a check drawn in your account. And so you give them like $50, and they'll give you a $50 check uh, drawn in their account, and then you can send that to someone. And then no one gets worried that the, that the check will bounce because it's drawn in this big company's account. Does that make sense? That's what money orders are. And I always used those um, on BISC because uh, th then my counterparty would not have to worry that the check would bounce. Also because the post office offers them. And post offices are like everywhere. So it makes it really easy to use. Uh, but yeah, the, throughout this example, I'm going to pretend that we're using um, money orders to do this stuff, which are just checks to send the money back and forth. Um, but you can, there are a bunch of payment methods, which I'll show you later. So it, it, a very simplistic exchange that wouldn't work would be just me saying, I would like to buy some money, and your computer saying, OK, here's where you can send me a check, and then I'll send you the Bitcoin. Problem with this uh, is that I send the, I send the money order, you know, I, I send you the check, and I give you a Bitcoin address to send the Bitcoins to, and then you're just like, ha ha, you fool, I'm not going to send you the Bitcoin, I'm just going to cash your money order and run off with the money. Uh, and that would suck, because I'd be out of luck. 
So we might try again by reversing the flow. Uh, let's say instead I'm going to post an offer that says uh, I would like to sell uh, $500 in Bitcoin. So I'm going to put up a Bitcoin address, or I'm, I'm sorry, I, if you want to sell me $500 in Bitcoin, here's my Bitcoin address. You send me the Bitcoin first, and then I'll send you the money. I'll send you the, the dollars. Uh, if we did it that way, we run into the reverse problem where you send me the Bitcoin and then I call you a fool. And I'm like, haha, I'm not sending you, you know, the dollars. I'm just going to keep the Bitcoin and never send you the money. And then you get scammed. So that's like a simple version of an exchange that would not work. Uh, but let's see if we can improve on that using magical programming tricks. Uh, and we're starting to get closer to how BISC works now. Uh, so we're building an exchange from the ground up just by protocol, and here we're getting close to how BISC works. So BISC, we're going to create a Bitcoin address that has two private keys associated with it. This is called a multisig address. Uh, and if we both have our private keys associated with this address, then neither of us can spend money from it unless we both agree on how to do that. So now I'm going to put... Uh, 500, or I'm going to ask my counterparty, the guy who's selling me the money, to put $500 in Bitcoin in there, and then I can't spend that money unless uh, he lets me. Like, I only have one key, and I need two of them to take the money out of this address. So this is a little bit safer, but let's see what can go wrong. So now I say, okay, I'm going to send you the $500 money order. I send that to him once the, once the Bitcoin is in this Bitcoin address. And then once he gets the money order, of course... He releases, he's supposed to release the money to me. But oh no, he finds out that I'm a fool again. He's going to hold my money hostage. So I'm like, I sent you the money order. Let me have the money out of there. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I want you to send me a hundred more dollars, right? Because he's a thief and he's trying to scam me. So uh, although BISC does use a Bitcoin address with two private keys, it uses multisig, that's not enough. It's not enough just to do that because the person who deposits the Bitcoin into there can hold it hostage then and demand more money before he'll let it go. So BISC tries to fix this. Is everyone on page with me why this, why this model of a, of a decentralized exchange won't work? Okay, cool. So we'll talk about next what BISC does to fix that situation. We're going to add in collateral. So if I want to buy $500 in Bitcoin... What we're going to do is I'm going to have to first deposit 15% of collateral into that Bitcoin address, and so will my counterparty. Both of us put 15% of the trade in. And so now, if I don't send the money order, uh, I, it's, it's, I can't recover um, my 15% collateral, so I'm going to lose money. But by the same token, if I send him the money order but he doesn't release the Bitcoins, he's going to lose money too. He's going to lose his collateral. Uh, so the only way that we can get the money out of this Bitcoin address is if we both agree, you know, no one tried to cheat. The only way we make it out ahead for both of us is if we cooperate. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to send you the, the dollars and you send me the Bitcoin. So this is one of the things that makes BISC a little complicated is that like understanding how this, when you start up BISC and you go to make a trade, it, the first thing it says is like deposit 15% of your trade value into this Bitcoin address. And it's confusing because you're like, I'm trying to buy Bitcoin here. Why, why am I putting money into the, putting, you know, Bitcoin into this thing? I'm supposed to be getting Bitcoin. But it's because you're using collateral to prevent your counterparty from, uh, or to prevent you from cheating. And then your counterparty is also putting collateral in to prevent him from cheating. Uh, so, yeah, when you start BISC, you have to already have some Bitcoin in order to use it because of this collateral requirement. But does it make sense why 
We're gonna. Does any of that make sense? I hope so. I'm not. I'm not seeing any hands, so perhaps this isn't making sense. No, no. I, I What's think up? It's mostly making sense, but what is now that we are creating the collateral? Mm -hmm. What does the situation look like where I try to hold the money on? Yeah. So Austin has a question. He says, "Look, well, but there's still a hostage situation. What if you keep the money uh, hostage?" So I have a slide for that. Just that's my next slide. Great. So here's what happens. Um, I can only get what I want by sending you the money order. You know, if you're my counterparty, you can only get your collateral back by releasing the bitcoins to me. Uh, and there is a thing called mutually assured destruction that happens in this in this situation. So if there's a trade dispute, if you if you try to hold my bitcoins hostage, uh, this creates a very risky situation for you as well as for me. Like you're going to lose money because you're not going to get your collateral back. Uh, and that is, that's called mutually assured destruction. If either of us tries to cheat, both of us are going to lose money. Uh, so mutually assured destruction incentivizes both parties to cooperate. Otherwise, they'll lose money on this trade. And that ensures that most trades on BISC uh, don't have a problem. Uh, there are sometimes some problems. For example, if your money order gets lost in the mail uh, and like, it looks to the other party like you just didn't send them the money, so things like that can happen, and they do have a solution for that. So I have this slide, but wait, there's more. So bef uh, the, my, my computer, the one that's trying to buy Bitcoin, is going to say, hey, we created this Bitcoin address, but don't send any money into it yet. And instead of sending money into it, we're going to do this. We're going to co-sign a transaction, which lets either of us send the money to BISC. So we both know what money is going into this Bitcoin address. Uh, but we're going to say, okay, we're going to co-sign a transaction which lets us send the money to BISC in the event of a dispute. So that there's not uh, necessarily mutually assured destruction. If there's a dispute between us, we can send the money to BISC and let them decide who's in the right and who's in the wrong and who gets the money back. Um, so that's what we do. Uh, if the two of us cannot resolve a trade dispute together, maybe somebody from BISC can. So instead of just burning the money and locking it up in this two of two Bitcoin address forever, we can, either of us can send it to BISC at any time, and then they can decide who gets, which party gets it. So we can celebrity escrow with BISC being our celebrity? The question was, can we do celebrity escrow with BISC as the ce celebrity? Maybe. That's essentially what it is, this, right? It's it is escrow where they are the... the yeah, uh, no, no one who's listening to this live stream knows what celebrity escrow is. So uh, there's a new invention coming out soon that may or may not be relevant to this. Uh, but uh, I don't want to reveal that yet. So, yeah, in general, that invention is designed to make it so you can use anybody as the escrow instead of just BISC. But yeah, that is what that does. So I call that that transaction that you both co-sign that lets you send the money to BISC. Um, I, I call that the safeguard transaction. This is not a BISC term. I made I made up this term for purposes of creating this presentation. Uh, so ordinarily in Bitcoin. Uh, whenever you have a two of two Bitcoin address, you can sign a safeguard transaction that lets you, like, if any money goes into this address, either of us can send the money uh, to some pre-agreed destination. Uh, and in BISC, that's like required part of the protocol. Uh, when I, g I gave this presentation once before, and the BISC people got mad at me for saying this um, because I said here that um, both key holders can optionally agree to do this safeguard thing. And BISC was like, it's not optional. If you don't do the safeguard in BISC, uh, it, the train won't happen. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. It's, it's enforced in BISC. I'm just saying, in general, in Bitcoin, all two of two addresses let you do optionally a safeguard transaction. Um, but in BISC, it's required uh, as part of their protocol. 
So don't get mad at me this time. This guy corrected that. I corrected that thing. Um, okay, so then they've got something called mediators. Uh, so let's say that we both put some money into this, into this address. Uh, if there's a trade dispute, we might not immediately need to send the money to BISC for arbitration. Uh, BISC has people on its, on its team called mediators who can come in and, um, and, and try to resolve it without taking the money from you. Like they've got a, they've got a lot of experience in decentralized trade uh, and they've got like, have you considered this? You know, have you, have you considered, for example, let's say this guy comes in, uh, this mediator might come in if we have a trade dispute and he might suggest ideas that can help us resolve the trade dispute without sending the money to BISC. So what might, what might he do? He might suggest like, if you're using a money order and it hasn't been cashed yet, try voiding it. Like most, most places will let you go to them and, and void the check, uh, resetting everything back to normal, and then just like try and trade with someone else. Uh, and you can do that if the, if the check hasn't been cashed yet. Uh, so he might suggest that, and then we don't need to send the money to BISC. We can just take our money out of the Bitcoin address and, and try again. Uh, then we can try trading with someone else or trade elsewhere. So they have this mediation procedure in advance of the part where you send the money to BISC. Uh, you can try and just have someone suggest to you ways of, of uh, resolving it without sending it to BISC. Uh, so there's three layers of protection in this thing. First, there's the collateral. If either party cheats, both might lose their money. Then they have the mediators who can come in and suggest uh, ways to resolve it without using the escrow. And then third, there's the safeguard where either party can send the money to BISC and ask them to sort out the dispute. Also, um, BISC does not consider their, the, the, third, the third level here, they don't consider that a form of escrow. BISC says pretty clearly on their website, if the trade fails in such a degree that you have to send the money to us, they might never give it back. Like, they might, they might keep it. They're under no obligation to give, give you the money back. Uh, and they say that because they don't want any legal um, ramifications to come in where, like, the, where, where they offer themselves as an escrow agent and then, uh, and then people like have an expectation there. there's like legal obligations that come with that. So they make it clear on their website they are under no obligation to send the money if it goes into arbitration. Um, but they do, like, that's what they do. They do send the money uh, to whoever they think is, is, the, is the person who deserves it. So there are some potential problems. BISC is not a perfect system. Uh, the trade protocol is a little confusing. I spoke about that earlier. Like when you go to set it up, you already have to have some Bitcoin to put into the thing, which seems weird if you're trying to buy for the first time. Uh, you can't do that with BISC. You have to already have some Bitcoin in order to do it. Uh, and also, as you'll see when we download it and run it, uh, it's, it's a complex application with a whole lot of buttons, and a whole lot of options and a lot of settings. And that can be very confusing. Uh, so yeah. Now that we've gone through the presentation, though, uh, oh yeah, I wanted to mention a security flaw. Uh, there's a potential security flaw involving the arbitration, uh, which is that if you're, if you're interacting with somebody who works for BISC, uh, and, and that's who your trade par uh, partner is, they can just like always hit the button that sends the money to BISC, right? Uh, and if they work for them, that would be very profitable <laughs> because they could just steal everyone's money that way. Um, they could play the part because everyone on BISC is anonymous. Like when I'm interacting with someone, I don't have any information about them. I just they just they just tell me like where to send the money. Uh, so if it was a, someone who works for BISC, they could just automatically send all money to BISC. Uh, so that's not that hasn't been happening. Uh, no one like things rarely ever go to arbitration anyway. But I think that's a potential flaw with this model is uh, you have you're putting some trust in BISC 
uh, because they because there's that button that lets you send the money to them. So be aware of that. In conclusion, BISC has fewer security flaws than centralized exchanges, which can just easily steal your money without any without any weirdness. Um, the problems in, that I mentioned in this are pretty small, they're pretty minor, and I think they're uh, resolvable. And there's definitely um, lots of stuff happening at BISC to improve it all the time. So I definitely recommend it. Back when I, back when I had a fiat job, uh, I used to use BISC all the time. My employer, because I, I still didn't have a bank account, my employer would give me a physical check drawn on his bank. I would go to his bank and cash the check then I would go place an order on BISC for whatever the amount of the check was, and I would, uh, and I would, I would go get, get a money order for that amount and send it wherever it was supposed to go. And like for a very long time, I basically lived off of BISC. Um, it was my, it was, it was everything for me. So, nope, I never, got, I never had any trouble. BISC was always great. Jim also is vouching that he never had any trouble either. So yeah, I definitely recommend it. If you're using a centralized exchange, let's try out, you should try out BISC. Uh, but to show you how we can get started, this computer has never had BISC installed on it. Uh, I got this computer after I, all of my income was already in Bitcoin, and so I don't need BISC anymore personally. Uh, but I'm gonna just download BISC and show you how it works. Uh, so this is their website. This is where you can learn a little bit more about it. Uh, they've got documentation. They've got information. Uh, but let's just see what BISC looks like. Oh, Austin's got a question. If I uh, am using BISC for privacy benefits, mm -hmm. um, and I'm, try I'm trying not to dox myself, like I should hesitate for what computer, what network, Maybe I'm using when I install BISC, is that true? His question is, uh, if he's trying to use BISC for privacy, does he have to worry about stuff like, uh, what computer am I using this on? Am I exposing my IP address and stuff like that? Um, you don't, because BISC uses every, uh, BISC has Tor built into it, and whenever it makes a connection to another BISC user, it, it's always done over Tor. Everything in it is done over Tor. So you're never exposing your IP address when you use it. Um, with the computer you're using, uh, try not to have coin stealing viruses on it. <laughs> that would be my recommendation. If you're using a computer that you uh, visit a lot of pornography websites on, and now it's got filled with viruses, don't um, don't do, don't do that. Don't put Bitcoin on such a computer. So, uh, what are the fees? Well, let's find out. Let's do a trade and see what they are. I don't know what the fees are. It's been like three years since I've used Bisc. So let's check. Let's find out. I'm going to download the deb file because I have a Debian Linux computer. So let me do that. And then while well, that is downloading, I should have been doing that while I was talking to y'all. But it's only 15 seconds to download it. So this is the ASMR portion of our presentation today where we wait for a thing to download so we can continue. The question is, does BISC is BISC spelled with a capital B or a lowercase b? Uh, their logo is lowercase, but uh, the title, if you look up here, it's uppercase. So I guess either one, both, neither? There's your answer. <laughs> Any other questions before we move? Oh, it's downloaded. No more questions. We're moving on. Uh, I don't know how to install things from uh, with this mode. I'm going to use this. Uh, sudo dpkg-i, and what's this file called? Bisk. 
So uh, Linux is always hard to install things on Linux, but or, uh, it's not hard on other platforms. So I'm installing BISC now, and uh, it'll be, uh, and now it's set up. Now I have BISC installed on this computer. First time it's ever been on here. And let's see what it looks like. Okay, so there is an end user license agreement which wants you to read, and uh, it's, tel it's telling you about how it works, that like they never have custody of your funds uh, unless you send it to arbitration, in which case they may never give it back to you. Uh, and they've got a bunch of other information, so we'll just agree to that and get to it. So right now, BISC is what it says here, connecting to Bitcoin network, connecting to Tor network. BISC is pretty cool. Everything that it does happens over Tor so that you never need to worry about uh, exposing your internet service provider's given IP address. Uh, and it also uses Bitcoin for the money. So it's pretty cool. Although I am a little surprised that it's taking a, a long time to connect to the Tor network. Because ordinarily, back when I used to use this, this part was already done by now. Austin can think of a few reasons why Tor might be slow today. Can you think of, can you name some of those reasons, Austin? Uh, well, Tor, the Tor network has been attacked lately, like DDoS. That was like a year ago, wasn't it? Is it still going on? It's been sustained, yeah. It's like a sustained attack on Tor right now? Let me go check. Tor status. One nice thing about Tor is everything's public, so. All systems operational? I don't know. It doesn't look like there's anything going on, any attacks on Tor going on right now. The last disruption was uh, on May 8th, which is, which is almost a month ago. So yeah, I think everything's going fine. Let's see if it got any further. Uh, are you having connection problems? Is Tor blocked? Let's try this. Okay, so we're going to retry and see if it opens up now. Told you guys, BISC is super easy and it's very fast and everything happens really quickly, uh, as exemplified by the fact that we just had to try and restart it before it even started. Uh, no, still having trouble. Well, I was going to show you all how BISC worked today, but I can't get the thing started. So, do you have to use Tor? Yeah, you do. It's required. So does anyone else have Tor inst already installed in your computer so I can pull it up and demo how it works? The no, BISC, I mean. Does anyone else have BISC installed so I can pull it up and show how it works? Nope. They only have this version. So if we can't get this installed, the demos, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm trying. Oh, look, it's, it's one quarter of the way done. Sweet. Just got to be patient. Uh, I might not need to. Now it's going quickly. Sing. <laughs> uh, I can mention what we what we have coming up here at Pleb Lab. Um, so some of the things we have going on um, next week week uh, at the, on Saturday we've got the uh, Lightning Door presentation where we're going to showcase uh, with you know Jim is going to showcase how to hook up a door to the Lightning Network or anything else really. So that's a pretty cool thing coming up. Uh, what else we got? We got we got a Nostra Devs coming up on um, 
was it the 16th? I think it's somewhere around the 16th. Check our meetup for more on that. And what else we got? Another pleb dev what? Oh, no, Austin, when's your next pleb devs? You're, when you go online and stream, like, writing okay. pleb dev stuff. Uh, I'll do a workshop soon, maybe in two weeks. Two weeks, okay. <laughs> two weeks is the next pleb devs thing. Well, are you talking about a workshop in here or a Twitch stream? No, a Twitch stream. Okay, next week. Next week's going to be one? Okay. Yeah. Man, why is it taking forever? Yeah, it seems to be happy now. Um, yes, it is, it is doing that, uh, and it is, it is nearly, it, right, right now what it's doing, as, is, as indicated by this green line, is it's synchronizing with the Bitcoin blockchain. Not, not like a full node would do, just like a, a light client would do. It's got to like see what the latest block is. Uh, so that'll be done in a few seconds. Uh, and it gives you some information about what it's doing. Like, it published a hidden service, which means um, I'm on the Tor network now, uh, letting people know about my trades, which of course I don't have any yet because I just installed this. It tells me that I have seven uh, Bitcoin peers that I'm downloading information about the blockchain from them. And it tells me that I have two uh, peers who are also using BISC right now. Um, and my computer's talking with them to get information about trades and stuff that are happening on BISC. So yeah, it's kind of cool. It gives you a lot of information about what it's doing. Which is neat. Okay, so here is the BISC interface, is what it looks like. And earlier I mentioned that the BISC interface has lots of buttons and it's kind of confusing, uh, which I think this is. Uh, like, so what, what it's displaying here, this is like an order book. This is showing recent trades that have happened uh, on BISC uh, and offers that have been made. So each one of these little dots up here is an offer. And then this shows the different prices that Bitcoin is being offered at. Uh, and then these ones are prices that are um, there's like buy orders and sell orders. So the red ones are, I think, sell orders and the green ones are buy offers. Uh, but yeah, so this is what BISC looks like. And you get nice little buttons over here. If you want to buy Bitcoin or sell Bitcoin, you can click those. Uh, but when you do, it gives you an error and says that before you can buy, you need uh, a payment method. So like, I can't. I can't actually click any of these offers people have made to sell me Bitcoin uh, because I need a payment method. So I have to go and do that. Uh, and it doesn't really, like this, it's pretty confusing because you just, you just hit buy and, th and then all of these things aren't, aren't accessible. Uh, you know, this offer uses a payment method you haven't set up yet. Would you like to set up a new payment method? Uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit confusing. So you need a tutorial like this one to go through and help you, um, you know, help you learn how to use this thing. Uh, but yeah, so like the people are offering to sell Bitcoin and then you pay using Zelle. This guy's offering to pay, you can pay using Revolut. This guy's offering you can pay using Strike. Um, so you need to set up one of these things. This guy wants cash by mail. Uh, so let's go set up an account. Uh, and these, this isn't, this is, yes, it is very, it's very similar to RoboSets except with a worse interface and doesn't have lightning, but isn't custodial. So those are some things. So I, another thing in BISC is that I said we're going to set up an account. And when I said we're going to set up an account, it's like, didn't I say just earlier in my presentation that there are no accounts? Because I think I did. I think I said it right on uh, the following slide. Uh, 
no account? Well, no, I never, I never did. But the, I, there, is, there are no accounts on BISC, but what it means by account is a, is a payment method. Uh, so you have to set up a payment method on it so that you can, um, so you can trade using, using that payment method. And the way you do that used to be, uh, used to be in, in settings, but I guess it's moved now. Maybe it's under here. Yeah, now it's under here. So you have to create add new account and it asks you what payment method you want to use. Uh, the one I always used was uh, money orders. Now they support cash by mail as well. But I'm going to go down to money orders, which is under US Postal Service money order. And then you have to t uh, write in a name, which doesn't have to be your real name. So I will use a fake name, Lenny Kravitz. It's going to be my name. You have to give a postal address. And I will do 123 Sesame Street. Beverly Hills, California, 90210. Because it doesn't have to be real info. Everything on BISC is anonymous anyway. Uh, so we're going to save that new account. I understand. Well, if, if, I'm, um, if, I'm if I request that the sender send me a money order, like if I'm selling Bitcoin, then I need to put in a real address that they can send the money to. But if I'm buying, they don't need my real info because I'm sending them the money order and they don't need to learn where I'm from. So that's why it asks you for information, but if you're just buying Bitcoin, it doesn't need to be real information. Uh, okay, so now I have a payment method set up and I can, if there were any offers to sell me Bitcoin using, um, using money orders, I could do that. But I'm gonna, there are none right now, so I'm gonna create an offer and say I would like to buy uh, you know, 0 0.0. 0.003 Bitcoin, uh, and I have to offer a percentage that I want to, uh, that I'm willing to pay uh, to the person who's selling me it. So like Bitcoin's price is $27,000 right now. Uh, maybe I'm willing to pay 2% over that so that uh, I will get, um, so, that, so that they will get a 2% fee in, on top of, so whoever's selling me the Bitcoin will get you know, $27,000 worth of, of however much Bitcoin I want to buy plus 2%. That way they get a profit. Um, but I think one of the weird things in here is that it needs to be negative. You need to put in a negative percentage because you're losing 2% uh, when you make this trade. So that's about $8. That's I know, it is. So let's make it $100. So I'm going to do, I'm going to buy what, what it says over here, about $139 worth of Bitcoin. And I'm paying a 2% fee, which is expressed as negative 2. Uh, and there we go. Well, what will what, happen is, so now uh, what will happen is my offer is going to go on the BISC order book. And then people will see it there under the buy offers. And then they can fulfill that order. But here's the part where I told you you need collateral, right? So I can't just place this offer. I need to put in $29 of collateral uh, so that my counterparty knows that if I try to cheat him, I'm going to lose that money. Uh, and so like, that's an example of one of the weird things about BISC. Before you can do this trade, it's telling you you've got to deposit you know, $30 into this Bitcoin address, and then you can make your trade. So you can do that with any Bitcoin wallet. Like, I, haven't, I, don't, I don't have any money on BISC right now. I just am using my regular Bitcoin wallet, and I can fund that trade. Uh, but yeah, that is, that's how you do that. I'm not going to in this example, 
because I don't, I know, I'm not, I don't want to buy $139 worth of Bitcoin by by means of a money order. But one of the neat things to know is uh, you can you get to set whatever percentage price you want in Bisc, and the the more you pay, the faster your trade will go through. Like, because people come to this website and they they check the order book, and they would see, you know, mine would show up here uh, as a uh, a buy offer, and it would be like $139, you know, selling zero, buying 0.005 Bitcoin, and it would tell them what amount they will get. So then you can like go in and be like, I want to, you know, I want to do that. I want to fulfill that order, uh, and then they you can actually earn money by doing this. So one of the things I want to point out uh, is. It, uh, I've tried to shill BISC to people uh, who aren't Bitcoiners on the grounds that they can use it to give themselves a raise from their job. So like, your job probably pays you a certain amount of money every week. Let's say it's $1,000. Wouldn't it be nice if you were making 5% more than that? Maybe, what would that be? Uh, $1,005 or $1,050 instead. That would be like a nice little raise. So what you can do is you can can, you don't have to be a Bitcoiner to do this, but what you can do is you can take your paycheck from your employer, $1,000, buy Bitcoin with it, and make a sell offer on Bitcoin that you're willing to sell that Bitcoin for a 5% premium. So you're willing to sell $1,000 worth of Bitcoin for $1,050. And then people will eat that up. BISC people will just be like, only a 5% premium and I get no KYC Bitcoin? That's great. So they will pay you $1,050 to get $1,000 worth of Bitcoin, and then you, who aren't even a Bitcoiner, just got a little pay raise. <laughs> you got more money than you started out with. And you can just do that over and over again every week. Uh, but you, do, you have to figure out how to use the BISC interface. And as you can see from, from my demonstration here, it's a little confusing. Like, even when I wanted to place an order, it's like, first you gotta put money in, and it's like, why? I'm trying to buy, you know, stuff like that. It's kind of weird. But yeah, that's BISC, that's how it looks, that's how it works. Any questions about how BISC works now that you've seen it? Yeah, the question is. try to go from like one to ten on How would you go about doing it completely private with The question is, what's the most private payment method you can use? And I think face-to-face -face is probably the one. Uh, so there, one of the options on here. One of the options on here is this one that says face-to-face. -face. And so you can place an offer, and you, you only have to say what city you're in. Like, you'd say Austin, Texas. And then in, someone would, if, if someone accepts your trade, they'll say, OK, when and where can we meet? And you can be like, let's meet at Pleb Lab. I'll be there from nine to five. You can just come in tomorrow and you can give me the dollars and I'll give you the Bitcoin or give me the Bitcoin and I'll give you the dollars. You could do that. Uh, you could, and remember this information is not disclosed on BISC. It's only disclosed between you and your counterparty over a Tor communication channel. Like no one else knows about this except you two. So face-to-face -face is the most um, private. Another one you can do is cash by mail. So instead of going to the post office uh, and, get, and buying a money order, uh, you can put cash directly in an envelope and stick that in your in your just your regular mailbox and mail it to whoever the other guy is. And then you don't have you didn't have to go to the post office. There's no cameras on you. And from the perspective of the delivery guy, it's just another letter 
that he's that he's picking up from your mailbox and giving to someone else's. So. Uh, only if you put a legitimate return address on there. You could put it. You could. Not, you don't. Uh, you don't need to have a return address on outgoing mail. It's only there in case it gets. Uh, in case they can't deliver it, they can send it back to you. Um, so cash by mail is an option. Uh, there's also um, cash deposits. If the person tells you their bank, let's say they have, um, I don't know, uh, Chase Bank, they can give you their account number, and you can walk into any Chase Bank and say, I would like to deposit $500 or whatever the amount is into this account number. Uh, so that's another thing you can do. Like, you don't have to give, I don't, I don't know if you have to give your information when you do that. Has anyone ever done a cash deposit? So we've had someone in the audience who's done a cash deposit for something else and they don't need your info. You can just go in there and say, I'd like money to go into this account number. Uh, we, I just have new information from, um, from, I forget what your first name is. Ovi, from Ovi, who says that you, they do need your account, they, they need your uh, ID now if you want to do a cash deposit. Uh, and yeah, so maybe not that one anymore. Amazon e-gift card is another option. You can buy an Amazon gift card from BitRefill and then send it, send it to your person over like email, and that works. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of different... Uh-huh. They're sending just to your to your deposit address, right? And yeah, the question is, what is the the? I guess my point is to that. I just kind of follow me here. So like, this person on the other side of trade sending it to your deposit address. They can still follow you, right? So you would have to do a coin join at some point. To the the question is. If the, uh, it, the other person, are they just sending to a Bitcoin address? And if so, can they trace it after that? And is there anything you can do to stop that? Uh, yeah, they just see a Bitcoin address that they have to first deposit collateral to and then deposit the, the rest of the money to as well. Uh, and after that, yeah, if they, if they track it on the blockchain, when they let you withdraw it, uh, they can see where you send it to. Um, so if you, it, it, is, it is definitely recommended that you use a coin join after that. To, so that the, whoever sold you the Bitcoin can't f follow your tracks and see where it ends up. Uh, Lightning, uh, the question is, is Lightning integrated yet? No, it is not. Uh, BISC does not have Lightning support. Uh, they do have, well, they kind of do. They have Strike. So you, one of the payment methods in here is Strike. So you can send a Strike payment to someone, which is a Lightning payment. Uh, but it's only, only through Strike. Um, so basically, no. Uh, also, BISC is, um, I've, I've heard for, since 2018 that they're planning to integrate Lightning, but it's not done yet. It's been four years, five years. So, not there yet. Uh, they do have a pretty good, they seem to have a pretty good relationship with RoboSats. So, RoboSats is a very, very similar thing to BISC, um, except it's custodial, uh, and there's a much simpler interface for it, uh, and, and Lightning support. So on Twitter, they're like good chums. They seem to be very good friends, the BISC people and the RoboSats people. So you can use RoboSats instead, but just be aware that unlike BISC, RoboSats, you, uh, the, the RoboSats people have custody of your money uh, before, they, before it goes to your, um, to your counterparty. So it's less peer-to-peer. It's -peer. Any other questions about BISC?
Uh, so the question is, how does this compare with local bitcoins? And then another question, uh, what do you do if like you're trying to pay with Zelle and the Zelle terms of service say you can't use Zelle to, to, to trade cryptocurrencies? Uh, so the answer to the first question, I never used local bitcoins, uh, but I, I remember that uh, I, I have the impression that local bitcoins uh, had a custodial account that you sent money to and they were forced to shut down because they weren't doing KYC on their users. And so if that's, I don't know if that's accurate. Uh, if the, to, Topher says. Topher says they did not have custody of the funds, but they helped facilitate the transfer between two people. He says you could you could pay the other person directly, but uh, without uh, needing to use local bitcoins. Is that true with the Bitcoin part as well? You didn't need to pay them through local bitcoins as interface. Uh, I never had to. No. No, they, 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 never they just to. helped you facilitate a transfer between another party. So I don't know then, because that's the, if that's correct, that's the same thing. Bisk is just doing the same thing. Uh, and I don't know why then, uh, okay, I keep, it keeps giving me an error about something called the DAO state needing to be resynced. So I want to go over what the Bisk DAO is, uh, but it's really stupid, so I, don't, I also don't want to go over it. But it, yeah, it is bad, but they keep on giving me errors, so I'm just gonna keep clicking close on it before I get to that part. Uh, so I don't know why then local Bitcoins was forced to shut down, because uh, if they were really just a, a forum for people to place offers and they never actually held any money, uh, that's not illegal to host a forum where people can place offers to meet each other and trade Bitcoin. Um, but yet they were forced to shut down somehow. It would be a lot harder to, to shut down BISC because um, this piece of software is free and open source software. Uh, it doesn't rely on the BISC website existing. Like if the BISC website got shut down, you could just go and download the software from, from anyone who has a copy and use it. Um, and everything is done over Tor, not over a centralized website. So if they did try to shut down BISC, there's nothing to shut down. They, they can't really do anything to it. Uh-huh. He asked, uh, what about the people who run the BISC website who, wh whenever you trade on BISC, a percentage of your trade goes to the, the people who maintain the BISC website. And he says, what happens when they get rug pulled? Uh, or what happens when they get forced shut down? Well, it wouldn't stop BISC from working. Uh, they just, you just, they wouldn't have a mediator anymore or an arbitrator. He says he, if that happened, he would start rug pulling everyone. But you remember, you, but because you lose your collateral, you have to post collateral in every one of these addresses. And if you rug pull them, you don't get your money back. They're not, they're not, they're not giving you the, uh, they're not going to give you the, they're not going to release the Bitcoins to you if you're, if you're not giving them the money. So uh, the question is, does BISC work in a high fee environment? Everyone stops using it in a high fee environment because everything's on chain. So, but it still works. You can do, you can do, you can do all the things. It's just now you have to pay high fees. Uh, the another question is how is this different from Paxful? Uh, same thing as how it's different from local bitcoins. You don't have to use the centralized website like you have to do with Paxful. Uh, you just you're running everything over Tor instead. So it's more resilient than Paxful. Like. Paxful was bought by another company, and now they don't 
they don't, it doesn't work anymore. Um, but BISC still works and it can't really stop working. Although people can decide not to use it when fees go up, which, ha which often happens. The question is, are there ratings for people who are selling? There are, and I just restarted this so that it would stop giving me that stupid error. Hopefully that'll fix it. And I will show you the ratings. Um, there are ratings for people. Uh, however, you, uh, it is also very easy to spin up a new identity on this. Because, because, um, on t because everything's done over Tor, you can just create a new Tor circuit and then you're a new person on BISC. Uh, so every time I go on, what, used BISC, I would do that. I would create a new identity every time so that uh, I would not have any ratings and I would be co totally anonymous. As a buyer, that's what I would do. Some, some sellers choose to maintain uh, the same identity over multiple sessions so that they can keep ratings and, and display that they have a five-star rating. Uh, if I was a seller, I, would, I, wouldn't, I personally wouldn't do that. I would, I would create a new identity every time. But I've also never sold on BISC. The, um, there was a, a point made by an audience member that if you send somebody cash by mail uh, and it gets lost in the mail, then if, if that d trade goes into arbitration, then uh, you have no proof that you actually sent them the money. Uh, you can do stuff like film yourself putting the money in the envelope and going to the post office and, and handing it to them. And that might be something that BISC people would be responsive to. Uh, and similarly, the guy who receives the money can do stuff like film himself opening it up and saying, oh, no, the, he, there wasn't money in here. It was, you know, some snakes or something. Um, but, yeah, so the question, of, I, I wanted to go back to the rating system, though. So, like, this guy, uh, there's a rating system here that shows I have not traded with this user so far. Uh, he has an account that is 147 days old. And it doesn't show that he, that particular person has made any trades. Often it shows you their trade history. So let me try a different person. Can you label them as feds was a question. Uh, I think well, you, do, you, you get to rate someone after you've traded with them, I think. Number of completed trades, haven't, have not traded with this user so far, payment account age, 882 days, time since signing. So it can tell when he's signed a message and he has never done it. So this guy's never made a trade. Uh, let's find a different person. Let's try this guy. Never made a trade. I'm having trouble finding anyone who's actually done anything on this thing. Okay, so this guy's actually had a trade before. So this guy, this guy has had an account for 567 days, and he last made a trade 534 days ago, uh, and he was he was signed by a peer. So whoever. Whoever traded with him said he like that's a good guy. So, yeah. I, that doesn't mean he's down on Bitcoin. It just means that's the last time he traded was 534 days ago. Or the last time he got a rating was 534 days ago. So 
this guy is offering two hundred two thousand seven hundred sixty nine dollars, two thousand eight hundred. This guy's offering seven thousand dollars in Bitcoin right now, so that's probably that might be the highest. Yeah, often it's in a paycheck range. Like when I use this, I would just take take my paycheck from my employer and buy Bitcoin with it. Um, sell orders. I wonder what the max sell order on here is. I'm seeing a couple in the thousands. 1500 looks like is the highest sell offer. So, yeah, someone wants to sell $1500 worth of Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, you can place you can place orders on here. You can only select the ones where you have an account uh, a, a payment method that matches theirs. So like this guy wants strike. I would only be able to do this if I'd set up strike in the app. Um, but yeah, it's I recommend not using credit card methods uh, when you're using BISC, and they don't—they don't even have credit card options. If you look through the account, um, through the payment methods, I always use money orders, and I never had any trouble. I would now I would use cash by mail. They didn't have cash by mail back then. A money order costs like a dollar fifty to buy, and ca putting cash in an envelope doesn't cost anything. So I would use cash by mail if I was doing it now. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, they have a filter list, which they didn't use to have. It's like a search, I guess. So I want to see if... I don't know how to use it. Uh, I'm, I wanted to search and see all the face-to-face -face options, and I don't see any. Ah, I see. So if I just go to face-to-face... I don't see any in sell. Let's see if there's any in buy. Face to face. Oop, that's MoneyGram. There's one, one offer in Los Angeles to do a face to face trade. If you want to buy Bitcoin, you can buy it from this guy and he's charging a 15% collateral and a fee of uh, a markup of 4%. So you'd pay, you'd pay a 4% fee to do that. Trade. That's not bad. So yeah, you can a couple. Of, so that's the that's the presentation. That's how Bisc works. You can buy and you can sell on it. Uh, and if you are even a normie who doesn't use Bitcoin, who's never used Bitcoin before, you can use it to give yourself a raise. So I recommend using Bisc. That is, if you have a fiat job, Bisc is a great way to get rid of fiat and buy Bitcoin with it and trade it anonymously. So thank you for the, coming to my presentation, and uh, I hope. You had a good time.